Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It is a lovely autumn Saturday here. A little cool, a little breezy. The leaves falling. Golden go for football is idle, but a lot of area teams in action. We'll get into that later on College Football Final. Right now, we're going to look out there. Spaceflightnow.com, and Stephen Clark joins us. And a uh, very busy week at Kennedy Space Center. Another crew is launched to the International Space Station. And uh, Stephen, good to visit with you. I hope all is well. Everything is fine here. I hope the same for you, Steve. Yeah, it, it, once again, very busy week. Anytime there's a crude launch, that is a big deal. Indeed, yeah. We saw four uh, people launch from here at Kennedy Space Center on Wednesday heading up to the uh, International Space Station. They launched on a SpaceX a Falcon 9 rocket and Dragon spacecraft. And this was, uh, I, remember, I remember, Steve, we started chatting about uh, space back before SpaceX's first crude launch a couple of years ago. And uh, they're on number eight now which is pretty remarkable, eight human spaceflight launches in just a couple of years. Yeah, and this crew is uh, going up to the space station for a five-month expedition. And one thing that was notable about this one is it's the first time a Russian cosmonaut has launched on a SpaceX capsule. It's the first time a Russian cosmonaut has flown on a U.S. spacecraft since 2002 back on the space shuttle. So uh, kind of a turning point in that, you know, kind of treacherous, tortured relationship between uh, NASA and the Russian space agency that we've seen, particularly since the start of the war in Ukraine. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things play out going forward as they try to patch things up and, and keep the International Space Station going. Yeah, and there is talk that they would uh, pull out of that, and that, that would be a major problem because there are components that, that are vital to the operation of the International Space Station that are controlled by Russia. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail on a number of levels, uh, and, and particularly when it comes to that piece of hardware, which is you know, a, a valuable orbiting platform. There are others in the works. Uh, the, the, the Chinese have an orbiting platform now, but uh, you know, having a presence in low Earth orbit is important, and We'll, we'll see more and more of that going forward because it will be a jumping-off point to travel to the moon ultimately 
and beyond. You're exactly right. And the International Space Station has been permanently uh, crewed. There's been someone on board that space station permanently for 22 years now. And there's no no intention from NASA's point of view for having that end. And you're right, we did hear a few months ago from the now former head of the Russian Space Agency about uh, they were interested in pulling out of that partnership after 2024 and going their own way and building a Russian Russian-owned national space station, basically, that is only Russian. And uh, the essentially the number two person at the Russian Space Agency uh, was here at Kennedy Space Center this week. And he was talking to reporters after the launch on Wednesday and said that if it was up to him, basically, that they would continue their partnership until the space station was no longer – it was no longer technically feasible to fly the space station, which would, in, which would imply well beyond 2024. Um, and there's a new there's a new head of the Russian space agency now who is uh, a lot less bellicose and a lot more diplomatic in his tone with talking about the partnership with NASA on the space program. So we'll see how things play out going forward. But you know there was that threat a few months ago of Russia leaving the space station in a couple of years' time, and the language that we heard this week was a little bit different than that. Back to the hardware, SpaceX, the Dragon capsule. Uh, the Falcon 9 rocket um, on uncrewed missions, it's uh, uh, proved its reliability and the fact that they've been able to return the first stage. But uh, th- this Dragon capsule is a marvel. This is a quantum leap from the Soyuz capsules that they were flying for a long time and continue to fly to the International Space Station, the, the uh, ancient Russian technology. Uh, this dragon is is quite an upgrade and a pretty nice ride, isn't it? Yeah, just imagine you're, you're, it's a leap from dials and gauges to, to like the touch screen of a Tesla or an iPhone or an iPad. Basically, uh, is the is the difference between a Soyuz and uh, which is still rooted in in sixties era technology yes. to the Dragon, which is you know the twenty first century technology, and it's a lot more roomy than the Soyuz as well. The uh, the Dragon. Uh, has a can, can support a crew of four with room to spare actually, and the Soyuz can, at least in terms of volume, is is they can fit three people in there, and it's very crammed, very tight quarters for three people inside a Soyuz. Yeah, and, if you have uh, claustrophobia, the Soyuz would not be the ride for you. Exactly, and and if you're any of your listeners want to look at a picture of a Soyuz, you can Google Soyuz uh, landing descent capsule, Soyuz descent capsule, and. There, there are pictures that they've taken of inside that landing capsule when they when they land through the hatch, and it looks like I mean they are like inside an amusement park ride basically. It's it's very tight quarters in there, like shoulder to shoulder, and you know it's not built to to carry people very for very long on its own. It's built just for a few hours right up to the space station, a few hours right back. But it is uh, definitely you can you can tell just visually that it is a dated machine. Yeah. And uh, it has been reliable technology, and I believe it's still the lifeboat on the International Space Station. If there was a catastrophic failure, that they could hop into one of those capsules and get home. That's right. The Dragon actually does the same function for the for the crews that launch on SpaceX. So the, the Dragon stays up attached to the space station for six months, and if there is an emergency, the people who launch on the Soyuz, that's their lifeboat, and the same for Dragon. So the crew that just launched on the Dragon, if, if there's an emergency and they have to evacuate, evacuate while they're on the station, they would hop in the Dragon to come home. So the Dragon is also rated for a six-month stay on the space station. 
All right, a couple other things we, we want to get into for sure. Our, our time goes very quickly. Once again, uh, Stephen Clark from SpaceFlightNow.com uh, joining us here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, News Talk, E3OWCCO. Uh, the uh, gigantic space launch system, Artemis One, uh, sometime in November now. But beyond that, we, we know about all the, the, the problems and the delays and uh, the hurricane, and they, they've had to move it from the pad back to the assembly building and so on and so forth. Now we're looking at sometime in November. But there is a concern, and I've read a couple articles, and I wanted to get your insight on this, Stephen, about uh, the solid rocket boosters, that they have been stacked for a long time, and this is literally a solid propellant in there, much like a firecracker, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, the shelf life is limited on that, and and we're we're kind of getting to the end of the, or, or we're getting to the expiration date, if you will. Yeah, you're, you're right, and uh, that those boosters have, Began stacked, began to be stacked on the platform for this launch back in November of 2020, and they were originally only certified for 12 months. So that is almost double that certification life right now. And um, NASA has been, the engineers have been periodically throughout these last couple of years, throughout these delays, have been kind of going through back through their analysis and going through their computations to see if they're going to be good for the for the next few months. Every few months, they do a little review there. And the latest I've heard is that they believe they're going to be good through the end of the year. But, you know, m- myself and my fellow reporters have pressed NASA officials on this matter in a couple of press conferences, and they're not not—they're non-committal beyond the end of the year, basically, about what they would have to do, uh, whether they would have to destack those boosters or whether they would accept additional risk and launch anyway. Of course, there's no people on this rocket, so that makes the decision a little bit easier, but a lot of treasure has gone into this rocket. And, uh, you know, the decision about whether to launch beyond a certain point of certification is a difficult one. A lot of these safety factors that that NASA builds into these rockets and their systems are quadruple safety factors. So they do they run analysis that will tell them that a certain item is good up to four times a load or four times a design life certification in order to be confident to a standard deviation, essentially, of you know, whether that's going to be good for the intended life. So if it's good for a year, a lot of these things would be actually should be good for four years. But as you get near that limit, the risk does increase. And, and we've asked NASA officials in several press conferences about what they would do beyond this year, beyond the next couple of months, which, is, which they've said they're good for. And we haven't got a solid answer yet. Yeah, and, and there is, and in in these windows open and close, uh, depending on where the moon is, ultimately in proximity to Earth, uh, about mm-hmm. be, because the goal is is to launch this and 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 have this spacecraft orbit the moon. Right, right. So, so you mentioned they rolled the rocket back to the vehicle assembly building to for safekeeping from Hurricane Ian, and uh, that basically precluded them from an opportunity of launching in early October. And the next period, so there's basically two weeks on, two weeks off is the way these launch periods work. Yeah. The moon's in a 28-day orbit around the Earth, 14 days of the year, of the month. They can launch 14 months. It's not feasible for them to complete their mission just by orbital dynamics constraints. So um, so the next period after uh, October would not open until November the 12th, and that's what they're targeting right now is to try to go back to the launch pad in early November and be ready 
for a mid-November launch date. But, you know, we've we've talked about this. Uh, I think the last time we chatted, they've had these hydrogen leaks with the rocket. They think they've got that fixed now, but every time they thought they've had it fixed, another one crops up. So it's not it's not a slam dunk on whether they'll even get to a launch opportunity or launch attempt in November without another leak, because um, these have been a persistent problem for them over the last few months. Yeah, so uh, the clock is ticking on a number of levels uh, for Artemis 1. Quick break, we'll come back. Uh, Some big milestones coming up. We're we're awaiting some big launches. Uh, The the huge rocket, uh, Falcon Heavy, which which is basically three Falcon 9s strapped together, could launch again soon. And also, uh, when will... a starship launch down in Texas. We'll get into that uh, with Stephen Clark from SpaceFlightNow.com here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We are talking space flight right now with Stephen Clark from spaceflightnow.com here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, you, you had a piece uh, at your website, Space Flight Now, about Falcon Heavy uh potentially being launched later this month. Falcon Heavy is is ultimately three Falcon 9 strapped together, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, this is uh, currently the most powerful operational rocket in the world. We've talked about the Space Launch System. I think you want to talk about the Starship. Those are 
not currently operational, right. but the Falcon Heavy is. And he has three Falcon 9 rockets uh, strapped together, uh, more than 5 million pounds of thrust. So that's a lot of firepower coming out the launch pad. And uh, SpaceX flew this rocket three times uh, back in 2018, 2019. It hasn't launched since because of payload issues. Uh, they've had, they have about a dozen of these Falcon Heavy launches booked on contract. Uh, but a lot of these payloads have ran into problems. Uh, it's almost kind of uh, the curse of the Falcon Heavy. We've joked like uh, every payload that gets assigned to it has a problem. Every satellite that has a uh, assigned to a Falcon Heavy has an issue. But this next mission is a U.S. Space Force mission. It's carrying a classified satellite for the Space Force. And uh, But we have heard, we have confirmed from the Space Force that the issue that's caused that satellite to be delayed now two years is resolved and they're good to go. And we're hoping to see that launch potentially as early as October the 28th, a few weeks away. And this is, you know, a, a giant uh, rocket, three Falcon 9s strapped together. And we'll, we expect to see, we're used to seeing the Falcon 9 booster come back to land. And this time we'll see two Falcon 9 side boosters on this Falcon Heavy detach a couple of minutes into the flight. And they'll come back for nearly simultaneous landings here at Cape Canaveral. And we saw that a few years ago when the Falcon Heavy first flew. And it was a spectacular sight with quadruple four sonic booms as those two boosters come in. And uh, that'll be a sight to see for sure. It's a long-awaited mission that we've waited three years now to see another Falcon Heavy launch. And and, uh, we'll see it fly again in a few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, and as cool as that is, and the fact that they have launches booked, ultimately the Falcon 9, which just launched those... uh, four astronauts or three astronauts and a cosmonaut uh, to to the International Space Station, um, that Elon Musk's goal is, is to retire all of this and have all this work move over to Starship that's being developed down mm-hmm. in Texas, that there, there'll be no need for this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the, the Falcon 9, a Falcon 9 launch just on pure cost, we, we understand costs about 20 to 30 million dollars to launch each Falcon 9 rocket and that is that is a third the price of any other rocket in its class so it's already a big cost savings there but the, Fal- the Starship which is what SpaceX is developing currently is a fully reusable vehicle the Falcon 9 it's upper stage the parts that does the maneuvers in space they can't get back they can't reuse the Starship will have a fully reusable stack. The upper stage and the first stage will be recoverable and reusable. And the ultimate goal is to get what to what they call airline-like operations, where they basically refuel the rocket and refly it with very minimal inspection or refurbishment. And that is the long-term goal for the Starship program. And it's not only is it fully reusable, it's huge. It's 400 feet tall. It's twice the height of a Falcon 9. It's, uh, let me do the math, it probably quadruple four times the payload lift capability of a Falcon 9 is what the Starship can do. So it's an enormous vehicle, and the goal is to make it like an airline in the long run. And, you know, we've waited for this first test flight. To get it to airline-like operations, I think, is going to be years down the road. But even if they can fly this rocket on a regular basis, and, you know, even if they have to do inspections and refurbishment for several weeks, it will still be a huge game changer for the space industry. Yeah, and the the heavy lift capability, and we've alluded to this before in our chats, and it is very important. This is the key if you want to build a base on the moon or beyond that 
uh, visit Mars and, and set up a sustainable colony. You will need to get huge amounts of payload off the surface of the Earth or out of the gravity well, if you will, into low Earth orbit, and then figure out, once it's into low Earth orbit, how to transport it back and forth. There, there could be robot ships that cap- carry stuff back and forth. But, but ultimately, you got to get it out of the gravity well, and this is where you know a heavy lift, reusable rocket like Starship will be invaluable. Exactly, and and the Starship is designed to be once it gets into orbit, it's designed to be refueled. So SpaceX will be developing tankers to that are stationed in orbit around the Earth with propellants on board. Like uh, imagine an Air Force re, uh, resupply tanker that's refueling sure. a bomber or a fighter jet, and they can rendezvous together in orbit and refuel the Starship because the Starship will burn all of its fuel just to get out of this gravity well, and they'll re- refuel the Starship, and at that point it'll have a full tank and fire off its engine again, engines again to go to the moon or Mars or to a, a deep space space station or really anywhere in the solar system. And, uh, you know, the colloquialism that I've always heard from a lot of engineers is once you get to low Earth orbit, which is, is just a few hundred miles above the Earth, that's where the, the space station is currently flying, you're halfway to anywhere in the solar system just in terms of how much energy is required from a rocket to reach that destination. Yeah, and then beyond that, it is designed and was designed – with the idea that once you get to a place like Mars, you would be able to generate fuel, in theory, on Mars to set up a refueling operation on that end as well. You're exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why SpaceX has chosen methane to fuel the Starship. So the Starship engines will burn methane for fuel, like liquefied natural gas, a derivative of that. that. Whereas... um, the Falcon 9 that SpaceX currently flies and the Falcon Heavy as well are burning kerosene fuel, which is, uh, you know, a hydrocarbon non, uh, non-renewable resource. And the methane that the Starship engines burn, the elements that you need to make methane, you can find on Mars. You can find potentially on the moon in craters. And the oxidizer it uses is, is just liquid oxygen. So if you can find oxygen, which Martian atmosphere has some oxygen, there's water on the moon, on the in the poles of the moon, and ice caps and the craters. You can mine that and create some oxygen uh, for rocket fuel. So the, the end goal is to have not only depots in space where you can refuel, but have refueling stations on the poles of the moon or on Mars. And you can just hop to each destination across the solar system. Yeah, very cool stuff. I hope I live to see it. Uh, Stephen, yeah. always good to visit with you. Uh, I enjoy your website and the work you do based at Kennedy Space Center. Once again, uh, the website, spaceflightnow.com. Stephen Clark joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Have a great weekend. You too, Steve. Thanks. All right. We'll come back. We'll update the weather. And then Andy Greeter will join us from the Pioneer Press. No Golden Gopher football today. They get back at it at Illinois. And... Uh, Big weekend for Minnesota United FC. All of that coming up. Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press on the way here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A big college football Saturday. We'll have all the scores game reports later on from the MIAC, the Northern Sun. We'll get you the scoreboard from the WIAC as well. Of course, River Falls, Stout. Uh, Eau Claire, Whitewater, a perennial power over there. We'll we'll get to that later on in the show. A lot of those games still in progress. A couple of early games in the Northern Sun uh, have gone final, and one of those includes MSU Moorhead beating Minot State 36-14. to UMD uh, blowing out Mary. Uh, Sioux Falls beats Southwest Minnesota State 35-14. to uh, a lot of the other games still in progress. So once again, more college football final. We'll have the top 25 in the Big Ten. Jonathan Lowe is in today. Uh, he'll help us uh, get through the scoreboard. Right now we're going to talk a little Golden Gopher football, a little Minnesota United FC with Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. And Andy's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, thanks for joining us on a day off, Andy. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. I've been able to spend a little time on the couch with multiple <laughs> games going, some Premier League, some Big Ten. Uh, now take a little break, get some yard work done. You know, there's no there's no two days off anymore. You know. Yeah, that 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 is for sure. Michigan. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, uh, struggled a yeah. bit against Indiana, pulled away late, get the W. They remain unbeaten. Ohio State leading at Michigan State. Among uh, the the marquee games today uh, underway or in the books already in the Big Ten. I wonder if we lost Andy. Andy, you there? All right, we'll we'll see if we can get Andy back and use this to take a moment uh, to uh, check the remainder of the Northern Sun scoreboard while we have a moment. Uh, Bemidji State leading Concordia St. Paul in Bemidji 16-0. A big daddy Kevin Reed back calling games after his stint this summer uh, as the engineer for the Baltimore Orioles radio network. Look forward to hearing from Kev. Uh, Once again, Minnesota Duluth all over Mary today. MSU Moorhead beat Minot State. Winona State at Northern State 14-all at the half. Sioux Falls remains unbeaten. They beat Southwest Minnesota State 35-14, Thirty-five to fourteen, they built a big early lead, cruise to victory. Augustana leading at Upper Iowa seven-zero in the first, and Wayne State all over Minnesota State forty-one to twenty-six. That game late fourth quarter. Uh, Wayne State uh, looking good early in the season. All right, I believe Andy's back. Uh, Andy, you there? Yep, you got me. All right, we got you. Um, all right. Yeah, Ohio State leading Michigan State, and uh, the Gophers win there. Michigan State struggling, and uh, once again, late in the first down to Ohio State, 14-7. to uh, it, it looks like uh, Ohio State and Michigan are on a collision course again. Uh, yeah, it's certainly looking that way. You know, I was thinking about that 
a couple of weeks ago, just how so many rivalry games are at the end of the year. And sometimes I'd rather wish they'd be earlier. So then you kind of see where the dust settles afterwards instead of waiting for the uh, regular season finale, like you see with the Axe these days. It'd be nice to maybe get those games a little earlier sometimes. I, I see that it's all kind of built up to those moments, and that's great, but you got to wait a long time. Uh, I saw that Purdue uh, was tested at Maryland uh, pretty well. Purdue, you know, beat the Gophers by 10 last week. You know, Jim Leonard's in his first game right now for Wisconsin, uh, which was the shocking news with Paul Chris being let go uh, last Sunday, and they're up 14 nothing at Northwestern. He's got an easy one in his first game, it looks like. But, yeah, the Gophers on a bye, you know, coming off a of Purdue loss that that was deflating. There's no other way to put it. They just had way too many mistakes, weren't able to run the ball with Mo Ibrahim, and had to sit and wait on a loss for an extra week. Yeah, and that that is extremely difficult to, about being able to get back at it today. They have a chance to think about it. And one of the things you generally don't like to hear is, we didn't show up. Here's a team that 3-0 and in the non-conference, big win on the road uh, in the Big Ten at Michigan State, 4-0 and in the top 25. Uh, a lot of momentum for the program, and we've seen that over the years. And then they stubbed their toe against a, a team that, if you're going to have a big year, you need to beat Purdue at home. Yeah, I think so. I, I also think that, you know, the expectations just bal- just ballooned and blossomed out of control. Yep. It became a mushroom out of expectation. I, I did a podcast interview where people were talking about, well, they're going to be, uh, you know, 11-0 going into Madison. And I was like, wait a second. This is still the Big Ten. You can yeah. lose multiple games and still have a really good year. I think Purdue's a, a quality team with their two losses, both to undefeated teams in Penn State and Syracuse. Uh, so there's, it's nothing to be ashamed of in that loss. And I also felt like the effort was there. They just weren't able to run the ball. That was the biggest thing for me is the defense showed up, missed some tackles on a couple of drives, but the offense and the running game without Mo Ibrahim, the offensive line, uh, I think that might be maybe the most concerning thing coming out of that game. They, they really struggled. The backup running backs, uh, you know, weren't difference makers in the run game by any stretch. They didn't break the tackles nearly what, what Mo did and really kind of spoiled us with his numbers. I think he's got 380 yards after contact in four games out of his 560 rushing yards. It's just yeah. mind-blowing, the yeah, numbers that he had. Um, and Andy, to just jump in there, the, those yards after contact may be covering up some some things that were, were a bit concerning. You know, how how good would the offensive line, and, and maybe Moe's been, been covering up a little bit for some shortcomings. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. I think there's there's indications there uh, a little bit. I think pass protection it was really bad in Purdue as well. I think you didn't really see so much of that earlier on in the year. Morgan was able to stay upright a lot of times, but yeah, I mean that's the biggest question mark here. They have four new pieces. Uh, you know, some of the new guys have struggled. Different guys have struggled, and and in the middle of it is the Remington center candidate, who's you know one of the best graded players in the nation. So it's. It's a weird spot to be in, and Illinois is going to be a physical team on the road. They've really shown themselves to really get the Big Ten blueprint back under Brett Bielema and are very strong uh, offensively and defensively. I'm looking forward to that game against Iowa tonight. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be tough. I think they're going to beat up on each other. I think it's going to be maybe somebody that's a 6-3 and three, uh, and some tiebreakers get involved to see who goes to, to Indy from the West. I think it's going to be that kind of year. 
Andy Gritty joining us from the Pioneer Press. Speaking of Mo, any indication, will he be ready for Illinois in a week? Yeah, that was that was a very bizarre one because he rolled his ankle uh, at Michigan State and came back and played in that game. PJ said during the week that he was practicing, so to see him not play was a surprise. Um, it sounded like he was trying to test it out uh, pregame, and there may might have been indications that he wasn't going to play, or pretty strong indications he wasn't going to play. So yeah, I think an extra week. You know, I hate the cliche of the bye week comes at the perfect time, but for right. your All American, seems like it does. Yeah. So uh, all eyes on Mo Ibrahim, but uh, w- what a running back, what a performance so far this season as they go on the road to Illinois next Saturday and resume the Big Ten season. Uh, Andy, before we run out of time, I want to bring up Minnesota United FC, and th- there's been a lot of talk in this town, rightfully so, of how bad things went for the Minnesota Twins in September, and you, you could say the same about Minnesota United FC. They did not have a, a good September, and now they're on the bubble going into going into a big big match tomorrow. Yeah, I mean you're you're very kind to them, Steve. You know, I wrote <laughs> and it it's bordering on a complete collapse. You know, they're they're winless in six games. Uh, they should be outside looking in and needing help on decision day when all the teams in MLS play at the same time to try to find out these playoff seedings, but. Every other team has been bad, too. Nobody deserves it. It's been a instead of a race to the playoffs, it's a retreat. And Minnesota's leading the brigade with one point out of an available 18 in the last six games. They've been, they've been horrible. They could have locked up a playoff spot last week going on the road at a bad San Jose team and lost 2-0, to zero, and Adrian Heath is calling out players. And then Adrian Heath is extending that blame to the staff midweek. This team is going to have one of its best environments at Allianz Field ever tomorrow with close to 20,000 people. I think it might set a record. They're doing a quote-unquote blackout. The overworked joke this week is that are they wearing black to their own funeral because that's how bad they've been yeah. playing. We really need to see a team that and score goals, keep goals out. Both of those have been problems. It's been like I think Polat said you brought up the Twins. Polat said something along the lines a couple of years ago about a was it total system collapse and a total system failure. Uh, and that's what we're seeing uh, across the river in St. Paul with the Loons. Yeah, so in into the game tomorrow with Vancouver at Allianz. Once again, all the games start on decision day at the same time. Math is simple. Win and you're in. Yeah, tie and you're, tie and you're in as well. You know, they, yeah. can, they can get tie and, and also qualify for the playoffs as well. So that means Vancouver is going to be coming in to try to win. They're going to be putting people forward. I imagine it's going to be a, you know, a 3-2 type game. I think it's going to be wild and crazy and end-to-end uh, like decision days are because Vancouver, if they win, they're in the playoffs and Minnesota's out. So the winner of this game uh, goes to the playoffs. It's, it's a great uh, setting. It's going to be a great environment. Weather should be great. And you know, even though Minnesota hasn't scored very many goals, I think they have plenty of opportunities. And I expect a, you know, maybe a five-goal game. We'll see. It could be, could be uh, wild and fun. All right, Andy. Injuries, what else? What, what's led to this? And, and does this put Adrian Heath in peril, or is he solid? Uh, yeah, so I'll answer the last part first. Uh, you know, he signed a two-year contract extension uh, last offseason coming off of three straight playoff appearances. Um, so, no, I don't think there's any real change uh, for him. He's very close with Bill McGuire, the, the principal owner. I'd imagine he's coming back for his seventh season. You know, I think there's only – Six or so teams that have been to the playoffs 
the, you know, the last three years in a row. So, you know, making it four would, would keep up that short list history and show the standard that they've got if they're able to turn it around, do something. But I don't think Adrian's job is at jeopardy. He's got plenty of, of equity here. I know that upsets, you know, plenty of, of fans as well when they see slides like this. And I, I understand that. Uh, on the injury front, Robin Mood is, is the primary guy. Uh, you know, he's been in central midfield. He's the all-time leading goal scorer as a winger. Um, but given some of the broader injury issues, his return to the lineup on Sunday, which sounds likely from a calf injury, uh, is really going to help this team. He's probably going to play in central midfield. He's a very veteran player. He can be a deep-lying playmaker underneath Reynoso. And when they were at their best, when they were the best team in MLS in July and August, Robin Lode was in the midfield, and I expect that that's where he'll be tomorrow as well. All right. Uh, big big day. Uh, the Loons tomorrow, and uh, all the games start at uh, the same time. And that is 4 o'clock local time, correct? Yeah, for the Western Conference games. Yep. yep. All right. So there you go. Andy, always good uh, to visit with you. And uh, once again, thanks for taking time. Now, you better get out. The leaves are falling quickly. I know, they, and they'll keep falling, and I'll yeah, have to do it again. That, that's exactly Here we are. Yeah, it, it, are. It's, a, it's a multiple round fight uh, taking oh, out yeah, the leaves, no, no. that's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to watch plenty of college football, so don't feel, don't feel bad for me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Take care, Andy. All right, see you, Steve. There he is, Andy Gritty, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. He works for the Pioneer Press, covers Golden Gold for football, and Minnesota United FC. You can read his work online as well at TwinCities.com. Quick break. We'll come back. Another peek at that college football scoreboard. We'll go outdoors following the news and weather at 4 with Steve Carney here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Let's get you up to date on the scoreboard around the area. The regional scores, Northern Sun Finals. UMD beats Mary 49-14. to We'll get a game report on that from Bulldogs play-by-play voice Jeff Papis a little bit later on. MSU Moorhead beat Minot State 36-14. The University of Sioux Falls remains unbeaten. They Take down Southwest Minnesota State 35-14. Tom Frederick, the longtime voice of the Cougars, uh, expected to call in a little bit later in the day. Uh, games in progress in the fourth. Wayne State leading Minnesota State down in Nebraska 41-33. Uh, that, that game very close to a final. Looks like Wayne's going to win there. Games in progress in the third. Bemidji State all over Concordia St. Paul 23-0. Once again, late third quarter. Uh, in progress now, quarter number two. Augustana leading Upper Iowa. Uh, that game in Sioux Falls today. And Winona State at Northern State there in Aberdeen tied at 14. That game going to the half, and I believe just has gone to the half. And it is now a final. Wayne State has defeated Minnesota State 41-33 to today. We expect a game report on that one a little bit later on. From Mike Gross at Wayne America down in Nebraska. So you are up to date on the scores there. Let's jump over to the MIAC. A couple of finals in the books. Bethel continues their good play. They beat Hamlin 49-14 to today in Arden Hills. Concordia beat McAllister 36-7 to up in Moorhead today. St. John's leading at Augsburg 45-0. That's late in the game there. Uh, as soon as we... Uh, 
get an update or a final. We'll pass that along to you. Uh, Gustavus had a huge lead over St. Scholastica today in St. Peter. At one point, it was 61-0. Gustavus leading St. Scholastica. And St. Olaf and Carlton playing for the GOAT in Northfield. Uh, Carlton led that one t- uh, 10-7. By the way, now, Gustavus leading St. Scholastica 77-7 down in St. Peter. And once again, we'll have much more, including the Big Ten and the Top 25 scoreboard, courtesy of Jonathan Lowe, a little bit later on here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 